right, so episode 54 with Brenda Johnston is about to start, and this episode is just plain awesome. Brenda has an amazing story of losing over 100 pounds, and we go into detail of what she did and the amount of tries it took to finally get it to stick, and then she'll tell you about her experience building her business online, helping women and men all over the world to lose weight and keep it off, and Brenda gets into why stress and your gut has a lot to do with being successful with weight loss, and again, if you guys can please, 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 please share this podcast, give me a shout out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just so I can reach more people and help more people, that would be awesome, so let's get this episode going. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today is Brenda Johnston. Say hello. Hello, how are you? Uh, So to break the ice for the whole audience, I always like to start off by telling everyone what you got going on for this weekend. You know what? Um, I'm actually chilling out this weekend. I think we're just going to take the dog for a hike. Uh, Hopefully it's not raining. I don't know about you, but our weather here has been a little bit crazy. It's either stupid hot, which I like, or it's been pouring rain. So I'm hoping that it does not pour rain so we can get outside on the trails. Uh, where, where do you live again? So I live in Guelph, which is about an hour outside of Toronto. So typically I just tell people I live near Toronto because, you know. <laughs> no, I, I recognize that. I'm, I'm from Vancouver and like speaking to other Canadians, like I know the other cities around the whole country, but yeah, for us here right now, we've, we've been in like summer mode. It hasn't rained for like three weeks or so. And that's a huge thing for Vancouver because it just rains all the freaking time. Well, I think we got your rain. Oh, you can there have you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, let's, uh, tell the audience who you are, what you do and how did you get into this industry? So like you said, my name is Brenda Johnston. I'm a certified nutritional therapy consultant and holistic health coach, and I have a background in personal training. More importantly, I like to think is that I'm a 100-pound weight loss maintainer. So I used to be 315 pounds, and now I am not. I actually got into this by accident, uh, if you can believe that. It kind of happened, I guess, when I was going through my own journey I started having people, you know, watching me drop a lot of weight and they suddenly started wanting to work out with me. And at one point I had over 15 people coming to this tiny gym where I worked in the morning and I was like, okay, this is, this is weird. And then I started doing outdoor workouts because summer came around and it turned into like this secret lunchtime. I called it booty camp club. I was like, what is going on? I had like 26 people usually on most days and we were doing, I would just do like random outdoor workouts. We do lunges up hills and sprints and jumping on the cracks on sidewalks and walking on benches. And I remember I was like working out with these people and I look back at all these people and I was like, shit. I need to go get certified or something because I don't want to hurt these people. So I went to school, I guess you could say, to get my NSCA certification for personal training. And then I trained people for a while, all while I was working full time, by the way. And I realized, you know, there's so much more to this than just the working out. And I knew from myself too, like that the eating was a huge piece of it. And I'm one of those people who likes to like take things apart to see how things work. So I was like, I want to learn more about nutrition and the body and how everything works together. So I went back to school to study nutritional therapy. And then once I was certified in that, I was working with people. And again, I was like, you know, there's more to this. I really wanted to learn more about habit change So I went back to school again. I'm like a chronic school person (laughs) and became certified as a holistic health coach. And I'm actually right now in school again to become certified in hypnotherapy so I can help people kind of release past traumas and behaviors. So it was all kind of an accident or an experiment, I guess. I look at myself like one giant science experiment. I just want to be able to help people get results they're looking for 
and not get frustrated because I know that it is frustrating. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Um, so there's a few ways I want to get into this. Um, going back in time, when did you like, were you always overweight your whole life or did it kind of creep on as you age? Like, how did it all start? I actually was very thin growing up. I was very active. I lived in the country until I was uh, 10, I guess. And then we moved to the city. I did not start putting on weight until after college, believe it or not. When I got a full-time job, I moved out. So I didn't have my mom cooking me real food anymore. (laughs) I moved out and it was, it was so funny because I remember the first time I was doing groceries, I was in the grocery store and I was like, oh my gosh, I can eat whatever I want. So I was buying like craft dinner and those noodle things that you heat up in water and a lot of booze. Like I went to town. <laughs> so <laughs> I would go to work and I work in the advertising agency and it's very stressful And I didn't drink water, but I thought I was staying hydrated because I would drink like those giant, um, those giant like iced tea things that come in a bottle. Oh man. (laughs) I would drink three or four of those a day. And I was like, yeah, I'm staying hydrated. Little did I know there was like 30 grams of sugar in every one of those. So I really just started putting on weight in my twenties. Um, by the time I was 24, I was the heaviest I had been to that point. And then I decided to do some crazy diets, uh, one of which they shoot injections into you and you eat nothing but 800 calories a day and it's doctor supervised. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ended up losing 50 pounds in about a month. So if you can imagine how disgusting I actually looked, I didn't look good. My skin was gaunt and kind of gross and I had no energy. It didn't work out because God forbid you had to work out. And after I did that, I kept the weight off for like a couple of months. But as you can imagine, if you go from like eating no calories to eating your bad habits again, you put on weight. So not only did I gain the 50 pounds back, but I gained another like 40 on top of that, I think. So then I ended up at 315 pounds. Uh, and that would have been, oh my gosh, 2006, I would have been my heaviest. And that's kind of when I started on my journey the right way after that. Cause I just, I didn't, this is going to sound dramatic, but like, I didn't want to die. <laughs> I didn't yeah. going upstairs was hard. Walking in the heat was hard. Lifting things was hard. Getting out of bed every morning was hard. Like, life was hard. I didn't like it. (laughs) So I was like, I need to fix this the right way. Like, I had done so many um, insane diets and gimmicks over the years. I was like, it's time to do this right. And so that's what I did. (laughs) Uh, So was it kind of like your constant trying different diets kind of, was it your tipping point where you're like, okay, enough's enough. I need to do this right. Yeah. I, I remember I was watching television and it was back in the day when like the biggest loser and all those shows were really, really popular. And I was watching this show and it was about this guy and he lived in like Mexico or something. I don't remember, but he was housebound And he ended up losing something like 400 pounds just by doing little tiny exercises in his bed. And I sat there and I just started bawling. I was like, okay, stop making your freaking excuses. Like this dude is in his house. (laughs) He can't even walk and he's losing weight. And so I sat on the floor. I cried for about an hour And then I was just like, like, I've had enough, like I need to deal with this. And ironically, the next day I had a doctor's appointment and I went in and I'm sitting there and behind, behind the doctor on the wall was this poster and it said, ask us about medical weight loss options. And so I asked the doctor, I was like, Hey, what's that poster about? And my doctor at the time, I thought she was just a bitch, but looking back, I (laughs) couldn't be more grateful. She looked at me and she's like, you know what you need to do? You need to stop eating shit and move around more. That's how you lose weight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, what a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I 
stopped on my way home at Canadian Tire. I bought a scale because I hadn't weighed myself for like ever. And after she weighed me, I was like, there's no way I'm 315 pounds. Like there's just no way. And so I went to Canadian Tire of all places looking for a scale. And I had to look for one that went over 300 pounds because a lot of them don't. Went home, got the scale, got on the scale, got off the scale, got on the scale, got off the scale. And I was like, what the F? Like, this is out of control. And leading up to that point, I knew I was putting weight on, obviously, because, like, your clothes and stuff don't fit. But I went through this thing where I was like, okay, I'm 170 pounds. And 170 for me is a good weight. But that was after Bernstein's. I'm 170. If I get to 180, that's okay. Okay. As long as I don't go past 200, that's okay. Okay. As long as I don't go past 225. And I would like give myself these incremental excuses. And then before I knew it, I was at 300 pounds. And I was like, yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta fix this. This is enough. Can't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a couple of clients do the Bernstein diet, and I was like, guys, come on. I thought we've been through this. But bo- both of them, like, it, they lost a ton of weight, and then the moment they came off it, boom, they're right back where they started. And I'm like, oh, I freaking told you. Like, just listen to me once in a while. Oh, it just oh, honestly makes me so frustrated and mad and sad and there's like other things that the government funds here that are like these programs where people go I'm totally going on a rant right now sorry <laughs> people go, and they do these like shake programs and all they do yeah. for like three months is drink shakes and so after the three months their body basically has one stopped producing stomach acid so when they start eating food again they can't properly digest the food and they feel sick and they bloat and then they develop these horrible relationships with food. So it's like I get so mad at these programs and especially burn scenes. Like I had one of my clients was like, oh, I think I'm going to try burn scenes. I'm like, okay, first of all, you will not be my client if you do that. And second of all, if I see you, I will chase you down, jump on top of you and beat the snot out of you. <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> It just, it messes you up so much. And I know as a society, we just generally want instant gratification. I totally understand that. But once you realize what those things do to your system, oh my gosh, it takes so much to come back from that stuff and so much to repair your body. It's so not worth it. Please, please, everybody out there, don't do those things. (laughs) I, I find it so interesting that like people rather put themselves through like, a 30 day cleanse or detox and like really suffer where they can't enjoy any food that they want or can't go out to a barbecue. But then when you tell them, Oh, you know, maybe you can eat vegetables and protein every day for like the next like three months, you'll see the same result. They're like, ah, that's nah, that's not for me. (laughs) Right. And it's also the program hopping. Like people don't see the results they want in like a day or a week. And then they hop from program to program to program. And you have to understand, like there's so much more going on there. (laughs) Like you have to stick to one thing for a while. Yeah. I think I had Dean Somerset on the show and we were talking about the Bernstein diet and he, I don't know if he did this research or somebody else did, but they took like seven clients who did it and measured their muscle mass like each and every week. And by the end of the whole program, all the weight that they lost was actually like primarily all muscle mass. So it wasn't oh. even actual fat. It was just their muscle mass. And he's like, yeah, it's the most stupid thing you could ever do. I have no doubt. Like one of the things, and this is going to sound strange, but one of the things before I went to Bernstein, I obviously was large but I didn't have fat accumulations in certain spots. And I swear after I did that, I had like my stomach fat was different. I, my composition was different. So I absolutely like, I would believe that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, there was the other one that I was, I can't remember what it was called, but I had a client and his wife was doing this. And what the diet was is you go down to like, yeah, 800 calories per day. And you would take these pills to mimic your hormones if you were pregnant. Oh my and God. again, I like, I kind of like tuned out when I heard that after I started to explain it to me, but you would just drop weight like crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. 
And uh, he's like, yeah, this is the sixth time she's been doing this. I'm like, well, it seems like it's not working if this is number six. But you know what's so funny? And you just said it. And I've said this to people before. I went on a lot of diets and they all worked at the time. I did Weight Watchers 11 times. And if you look at programs like that and you know what? They help a lot of people and I'm not dissing them. But what I'm saying here is like you should not have to do something 11 times and any program that has a lifetime membership clearly knows that you're going to fail. (laughs) So they're preying on your failure, basically. And it was funny to me because it was like, okay, if you get to your, your goal weight, well, then you don't have to pay every week to be a member. But if you come in and get weighed in and you're like five pounds up or something, I can't remember what it was, then you have to start paying again. Like to me, no, you should not have to be doing something 11 times. Like it clearly didn't work. You're falling. There's more going on. There's stress involved. What you're eating involved, your habits, like behavior, like there's so much more. It is not just about the exercise and not just about the food. It's about everything combined. And people don't necessarily always want to hear that because it sounds like, oh, God, that's a lot of work. I don't have to do that. (laughs) Uh, So going back to like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes ago when we started talking, you said you went into a holistic nutrition coach or something like that. Yeah. So So I studied nutritional therapy and then I studied um, health coaching so that I could focus on like behavior change and other interesting things. (laughs) Uh, So what would be the difference between like learning nutrition holistically compared to like, say a nutritionist or a dietitian? So like what I did and a nutritionist would be similar. A dietitian is typically they work out of like hospitals um, or government funded programs. I'm totally going to get in shit for saying this, (laughs) but they believe it or not, they study something like less than 20 hours of nutrition studies. So they treat people allopathically like a doctor would, um, which is interesting because I've had people in my family and I've seen dietitians, (coughs) excuse me. And they tend to look at things. How do I say this politically correct? They don't think that food is necessarily medicine. So I've had people, and I was recommended, to eat things like Basel or Splenda or Aspartame. The SHAKE program I told you about a few minutes ago is run by dietitians. The SHAKEs are full of things like Aspartame and all sorts of other weird things. So as a nutritional therapist, we believe that nutrient-dense food foods and whole foods can provide like the ultimate foundation for health and a dietitian, not so much. They'll say things like, Oh, you know, just don't eat, um, certain things or cut down all your calories to like 1200 a day. I remember my dietitian was told me I could eat all the pasta I wanted, but I couldn't eat any more than 1,200 calories a day. And for breakfast, I should eat something like toast with jam. So basically, my dietitian told me to have a sugar bomb for breakfast <laughs> and, a, and a giant insulin spike for breakfast. So nutritionists and nutritional therapy consultants were pretty much the same. Naturopathic doctors um, can do things like lab tests. They also typically tend to hate people like us because we didn't go to school for like five years. <laughs> I, par- I've partnered with a couple naturopathic doctors just because sometimes I want my clients to get blood work done and the doctors will not always give us the things we're looking for. So for myself, for example, I've had a thyroid problem since I was 15 and I wanted a full panel of blood work done. And I had to like beg my doctor for the stuff I wanted to have done. And she kind of looked at me and she's a great doctor, but she looked at me and she's like, you know, these are, these tests are unnecessary. They're not going to tell you anything. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there are some really amazing dietitians out there, just like in every field. But the ones that I've 
had contact with, I guess, or experiences with. I'm just kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. Like I only know of two dietitians that are like completely amazing. And one of them being Georgie fear that I've interviewed on the show. And it was the same thing. She started off into hospital and she's like, yeah, this is not the way that I want to go into. And then she kind of found this whole idea of like habit based nutrition and then she wrote a book about it. And now like her career is going to just like skyrocketing because she's kind of looked at the bigger picture of what nutrition is and not just, Oh, make sure you keep within your calories and don't eat too much junk. (laughs) Those, Those are the people who are the people that have kind of stepped out of the box. Right. And, recognize that there's so much more than just here, take a pill or here, do this. Like, man, people with diabetes <laughs> go to some dietitians and they just feed them drugs. How about we fix the root cause of the problem people? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, where was I going to go with this? Yeah. I actually had an experience too with a doctor cause I wanted, I can't remember what I was reading, but it was something to do with the lines of like, these are a the few blood tests you should get checked out. And I remember one of them was, like, just to get your testosterone levels checked because you, like, never know. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I want to know what my T levels are. So I go to my doctor. I'm like, yeah, I want to get a testosterone level check. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're too young for that. We'll just do a regular blood test. And if anything pops up, then we'll go further investigate. I'm like, well, why? (laughs) Like, I'm asking you to do something for me and you're telling me to do something else. Like, I don't understand, like, some doctors, like, they just don't want to give you what you want like yeah it blows my mind because god forbid you take your health into your own hands and you want to be accountable for your health like oh that's just bad that's scary (laughs) here just be quiet and take a drug (laughs) (laughs) yeah like that's why i admire like uh dr spencer nadelsky and Mm -hmm. he's a big like advocate for because he works with primarily people with uh, type 2 diabetes and he wants them to exercise and eat healthy and he'll prescribe exercise. I'm like, you are badass. Like, yeah, people, right? we need more doctors like you. It's, it's so true. And again, it comes down to habit change. And I mean, when I was 315 pounds, I didn't want to exercise. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, what's interesting about that is that um, I was listening to um, John Berardi speak And he was talking about a study they did on mice to see if fit mice or overweight mice had the same motivation to work out. So they had like a little mouse uh, that was really fit on a little treadmill and they had, you know, a little piece of food in front and it would see how long it would take for the mouse to get tired in order to get the cheese or whatever treat that they gave them. And then they put the same um, test to the overweight mouse and the overweight mouse would just like run a little bit and it just like fall over to like sleep essentially. And at the back of the little treadmill they built, it was like a small little like electric shock. And after a couple, you know, minutes of the big uh, mouse running, it would just let itself get shocked the entire time and didn't even care that it was getting shocked and there was food in front of it and it just laid there the entire time. So I was like, oh. I was like, man, that's like so interesting because like from a perspective of all, a lot of coaches have been fit their whole life and yep. they don't really understand what a client's going through when they're trying to lose weight. So sometimes there's that disconnect where they're like, oh, that person's just being lazy. It's like, mm, probably not. <laughs> like, Yeah. And the other thing too is like as a bigger person, and this it used to blow my mind watching Biggest Loser because I was watching them do things. I'm like, how are they getting these people to do that? I remember, I think I went to like, sit down and stretch and touch my toes or something. And I couldn't, I couldn't even do like a quad stretch because your body's like, they just don't bend in those ways or they don't work in those ways. And so when I'm at the gym now, like I don't, I don't do personal training anymore, but when I watch other people and I watch people training like larger clients, you can tell the trainers who've never been on the wrong side of the scale because they're asking people to do things that are clearly not comfortable for that person. And the other thing too is as a big person, when you're in the gym, you constantly think that everybody's watching you. 
nobody actually is watching you, but in your head, everybody's watching you. So it's like, if you told me to do like jumping jacks or do burpees, I would have a panic attack because I just was like, oh my gosh, people are going to see my fat moving all over. Like, so yeah, there's so much more to helping people lose large amounts of weight that a lot of people just don't take into consideration or don't have the experience with. It's like they say the best therapists are the ones who've been on the couch, right? Yeah. Like for me, because I used to weigh over 200 pounds and this is how I got into the industry because I lost all the weight and kind of the same with you. Like people just notice and they're like, oh, I should get trained by you. And I was like, oh, light bulb went off. I'm going to become a trainer, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, And anytime I have like a new client come in or I see a new person at the gym and it's like obviously their first time, they're overweight, they're kind of shy. Like I have this like deep feeling in my heart. I'm like, oh my God, I need to help you because I was there before. Like just talk to me, please. (laughs) And like, I don't like the last couple of episodes I've been talking about this whole idea of firing clients. Mm -hmm. And I just, for me personally, I don't think I could ever fire a client, even if they're like blowing off sessions or not emailing you back right away. And you could tell something's going on with some coaches. They would just get frustrated and you're like, you know what? You're wasting my time. I'm not going to help you anymore. This is it. Whereas me, it's like there's probably something going on in their life and they can't make fitness a priority right now. I need to figure out what I can do to make sure this person doesn't stop completely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think where my head goes is I tend to feel like a failure. (laughs) If Mm -hmm. my client doesn't have the success, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a failure. I failed you. But I've really had to learn. And you just said it perfectly. Like, you don't know what people have going on in your, their life. I've had to, I wouldn't say fire clients, but move on from clients just because I look at the situation and what they do have going on. It's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not the right person for you right now. It doesn't mean that we can't work together later in the future, but right now there's something else you need. And I will always recommend another type of practitioner. So in some cases, it's like, you know what, maybe you need to go see an osteopath. Maybe you need to go see uh, an energy worker. Maybe you need to go see a counselor. Like I always try to push them in the right direction so that I know that they're not going to just give up. And I'm also a bit of a stalker and I check in on people. So (laughs) like, Hey, how's it going? But yeah, I absolutely agree. You you don't know what people have going on in their life. Like in 2012, when I got down to my most muscular, smallest size ever, I was also in the middle of my 18-year marriage breaking up. Oh, jeez. So that kind of was my focus. I was just like, I'm just going to focus on me and I'm just going to do this. And after that happened, I just continued to push harder and push harder and when you're going through something as emotionally draining as that, you you look for ways to numb yourself, right? So exercise and obviously, and I have this on my About Me page, but like I was drinking a lot more than normally, but I didn't gain any weight. And so I was like, yes, I've nailed this. I didn't start gaining weight for two years after that. And I put on about 40 pounds because what had happened was my body was just, I kept pushing harder and pushing harder and pushing harder and not giving my body a rest, and it completely threw my thyroid out of whack again. Like, my adrenal system was tired. It was just, it was crazy. So sometimes you also have to look at what's going on in your own life and go, you know what? Maybe working out at the gym seven days a week is not what I need to be doing. Maybe if I can just get outside two or three times a week and walk, maybe I can do that. Maybe if I focus on one habit a week, maybe if I drink water, if I stay hydrated, hey, maybe my hi- my habit is going to be, I'm going to try to get seven hours of sleep a night. Like people are all or nothing, right? It's like, oh, well, if I can't get to the gym for an hour, then I'm just not working out today. Well, why does that have to be you going to the gym for an hour? Why can't you just do something else? Maybe... You just go for a walk that day, or maybe you do air squats, or maybe you do push-ups. Like, who knows? And it's like eating. You, We go through this eating, and we're like, oh, I'm eating really well this week. And then it's like, oh, God, pff, 
I ate I ate a piece of chocolate. Now it's, I'm screw it. It's screw it syndrome. Yeah. They just like go <laughs> they go balls out crazy and start eating like a maniac, and then they have this huge guilt. But what people need to understand is, and a lot of people are going to balk at this. You can really eat pretty much anything you want as long as your body's not constantly in a state of stress and as long as you're chewing your food (laughs) as long as you're relaxed like the body is an amazing thing it's like this ecosystem it's the most miraculously wonderful thing but we need to treat it with respect oh you're 100 percent right and I remember, I think I might have said this once on this show um I followed this woman named Jesse Neeland And she did, like, a self-experiment on stress. So what she did was she moved to Costa Rica for, like, three or four months. And all she did was she took a before photo and an after photo after the four months. And what she did was, you know, she would wake up to no alarm. She would eat when she felt she was hungry. She would work out normally and just go about her day. And the results were actually amazing. Like, she's already a fit person. But she even leaned out further because she took out the stress from work, took out the stress from like waking up super early to do work. Like she took out all that just to see what happened. And I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. And she still like enjoyed like alcohol or like a cheat or overate the food that she had in front of her. And just because she eliminated stress, it changed so much in her life. It's let me just tell you something. Stress is a bitch. So <laughs> over the past few years, my I specialize in digestive health and hormonal health, and the mind-gut connection is huge for me. I have a lot of clients who come to me with depression and anxiety, and it all ties back into your gut. But stress is a bitch. You can literally take all of the supplements that you think you should be taking. You can eat all of the good foods you think you should be eating. You can get all of the exercise you need to be doing, but... If you cannot get a handle on your stress levels, you are never going to get the results you're looking for. And you may get them temporarily, but they won't last. You People need to understand, you need to take time for the little things. And what I mean by that is slow the hell down and do things like chew your food properly. Like, did you know the average person only chews their food four times? Four times. <laughs> It sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I play this game with my clients and I'm like, it's the 20 minute meal. So I'm like, I want you to sit down and time yourself, sit down, set the timer on your iPhone or whatever, eat your food and then stop the timer and tell me how long it took you. Well, <laughs> the first time I ever did it to myself, I almost fell over. I ate my food in five and a half minutes, like my whole entire meal. I was done five and a half minutes. <laughs> I was like, that is ridiculous. So it's super important to like sit and chew your food 20, 30 times. I know that sounds disgusting, but even not multitasking while you're eating, sit the hell down, stop getting up. Don't be doing the dishes while you're eating. Great. Your kid needs something out of the fridge. Your kid's got legs, send them to the fridge to go get it. Like you, you all need to learn better habits and stop doing things while you're eating. Turn off the TV have a conversation with somebody. It helps to slow you down. Like, and the other problem too is, and I see it a lot and I used to do it. You'll be eating in your five and a half minutes (laughs) and then you'll stand up while there's still food in your mouth and you'll start clearing the table. It's like, no, just sit after you've eaten your meal, just sit for like five or 10 minutes and let it start to digest and stop, stop eating in cars. Stop throwing your kids in the back of cars and rushing them off to some sports event while they're hoovering down some food and you're sitting in the front seat munching on some granola bar. Like, stop doing that. (sighs) It's another one of my little rants. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's good. Like, I think also I've been coming to this conclusion that a lot of people just don't know how to say no to things. And then they just, like, overload themselves with commitments and like yeah kids having like three sports in one day and you play the taxi driver and then you're like oh i missed my workout again this week it's like well fuck just say no to some things like yeah and the yeah go on sorry and not feel guilty about taking time for yourself one of the biggest things i see with my clients is because i work with a lot of women and a lot of i have a lot of men too surprisingly um and they all have kids and it's like they feel guilty about 
taking time for themselves. And so one of the things I say to them is like, okay, would you ever want your kids to be going through the stuff that you're having to go through? Do you want your kids to grow up and have to lose an enormous amount of weight? Or do you want your kids growing up being super stressed out? And the answer is always no, no, I don't want that. Okay, stop teaching them these habits then. You're teaching them this. You're teaching them that it is okay not to care about yourself. And then as soon as you kind of put it in, into perspective like that, it's they look at it differently. It's like, oh, yeah. The other thing, too, is if you're not taking care of yourself, how long do you think you're going to be around for your family? So what what's more important? <laughs> you're going to take half an hour for yourself or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever the hell it is? Or are you just going to keep running in circles and burning yourself out? Being stressed out has in this society become glorified it's not it's not a badge of honor burning out is not a badge of honor it's stupid no you're right like especially with kids because they watch their parents and they Mm -hmm. learn really quickly of any bad habit or any good habit that you're doing and that's gonna basically shape and mold them when they get older and i liked having a couple of the coaches on here on my podcast that have kids and that's what they were saying is that, you know, the more your kids see that that you're eating healthy or you're like taking time for yourself or you're going to the gym, most likely they're going to do the same thing because they want to be like dad. They want to be like mom. Whereas Absolutely. if, you know, your kids overhear you that you skip the gym again or you haven't been to the gym for like six months and you have high blood pressure, blah, blah, and all those things, they're going to be like, oh, then that's OK. I can do exactly what they're doing. Well, and the interesting thing too, and I just keep harping on this stress thing, but it's so important, like stress decreases progesterone or sex hormones. And when that happens, cortisol gets out of whack. And then when that happens, estrogen can take over. Like there's, our bodies cannot be in a chronic state of stress all the time or nothing works properly. Like it just doesn't stress literally shuts down production of stomach acid, which I said a little while ago, you need stomach acid to digest your food. And so I see these people like eating cars or working at their desks or skipping meals or running around like crazy people. It's like you, as much as it is about what you eat, it's about how you eat. Like you need to be in a calm state when you're eating. And it's so funny to me because I have clients and it makes me laugh. Um, Once we start kind of working on, first of all, they expect that I'm going to take away all their food. They're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat anything. I'm like, nope, you're going to be eating more. And then when like week one, we'll say week one starts and it's like, okay, so your first thing this week is you're going to focus on. 20 minute meals and staying hydrated. And they're like, what? If you can't master the basic things. And when I say the basic things, I'm talking about staying hydrated, chewing your food, getting enough sleep and like getting some basic movement. If you can't master those things, what makes you think you're going to be able to do some crazy restrictive diet and change your whole lifestyle overnight? You need to be able to do the basic things first and then move into more complex things. So I have these people and they go from having stressed out meals and running around like crazy to sitting down and eating a normal meal. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. I wasn't bloated. I didn't run to the bathroom 20 minutes later. And I'm like, yeah, because your food is digesting. Like, that's what it's supposed to be like. You're not supposed to bloat after you eat. But what makes me laugh is they'll have a moment or an episode, I'll call it, where they eat they eat in like a, a really rushed state and they bloat and they feel like crap and then they send me a text message and they're like, oh my gosh, the coolest thing happened. I ate in a rush and I feel like crap. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so. I think also like how our society is set up, especially here in Canada and in the States, it's like you need to be working 14-hour days just to accomplish anything. And, oh, um, I think the documentary I watched was like where to invade next. And they went to all these different countries to see how they lived compared to the people in the States. And in Italy, across the board, any company that you work for, you get a two hour lunch. 
Yeah. And that two-hour lunch, all the workers leave work, they go home, and they're surrounded with their whole family, they sit down, they eat, and then they go back to work. Like, that's that de-stressed, like, two hours of just being home with your kids, with your family, your spouse. I'm like, that's a really good idea. And then he even interviewed, like, the CEO of a couple, uh, I think it was, like, Maserati and some other big brand names coming out of Italy, and... You know, they said that even though they're working less, the production is actually more than what the states are doing because all their workers are well rested and they have less sick days and they like being there. So they're more productive. And they're like, yeah, maybe we are losing money in the long term, but how much money do I need to be successful? Right. They just have a different way of thinking about it. Whereas here it's like I need to work past the working hours to get projects done to make my boss happy. Oh, yeah. North Americans are ass backwards. We have it so wrong. And it's funny, too, because people look the whole the Mediterranean lifestyle or whatever. They're like, oh, how can they eat all these things? And how can the Italians eat all the pasta and stuff? You just said it because they're doing it in a state of calmness. And I think I watched a documentary pretty similar to what you were talking about. And there was a company in Germany and they made pencils. And the guy went into the interviewer went into this place and he's like really this is the like where you make the pencils there was beautiful windows and a beautiful lunchroom and like parks and they actually give their employees um I don't think they call it sick leave but it was like a a wellness leave almost there was a woman he interviewed who was on a month of wellness leave and the company sends them to like a wellness resort (laughs) so it's like wellness wellness rehab basically but here people i mean people go to sick go to sick people go to work sick because they think they have to people work like ridiculous amounts of hours because they think they have to and it's i don't know we've just our society has just gone ass backwards (laughs) yeah i think slowly it's changing because you're now you're seeing at least for me, um, a lot of companies like building out a new building for their offices and they actually have a gym and shower facilities for their employees or they have like a cafeteria and they actually have good food for their employees, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's slowly shifting, but I don't know, maybe in 20 years everyone will be caught up, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it'll get better. Well, and I think too, as the work-life balance situation kind of shifts with companies, I think people's mentalities also need to shift for this to work because we're so used to having to work like maniacs and not feeling guilty. Like if you need to take a sick day, take a sick day. I don't want your germs. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think there's, I definitely agree that there's a shift happening. I think that people have a lot of work to do on themselves to, to realize that, Hey, it's okay to take care of myself and not feel guilty about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you like, so with stress, what are kind of the effects on the hormones that play a huge role for your body to function optimally? Like what happens when you're in this like cluster of stress and you can't even like function anymore? What's happening inside your body? So, and I know, a lot of I'm going to talk about adrenals again here because yeah. there's this thing adrenal fatigue comes up a lot. Um, doctors don't necessarily think it's a thing. It's also a super hot topic right now. <laughs> so I'm going to break this down pretty simply. So the main purpose of our adrenal glands, which by the way are the size of walnuts, is to help your body deal with stress from any possible source. So whether you get injured, uh, if you have disease, if you're sick, work, stress, relationship problems, money problems, whatever, our body releases cortisol to help us through those situations. Cortisol is actually not a bad thing, but the media has taken it and said, oh my gosh, cortisol, the fat producing hormone. Yes, it, it can be bad. Uh, when the problem of stress becomes bad. So when people are chronically stressed out, that's when the problems happen. So 
Hippocrates years ago, like 2000 years ago or whenever he was alive, said all disease begins in the gut. And there's a reason for that. The main cause of adrenal issues is actually related to blood sugar balancing and digestive issues. So if if your digestive system is not working optimally, you're going to have issues down the line. Stress, like I said, is a bitch. (laughs) It can upset your entire endocrine system. And your endocrine system controls all of your hormones in your body. So whenever you're stressed out, your body releases hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline, which I just said in normal cases is good. Like in the old days when you were being chased by a bear and you're a caveman, it's good. You need that stuff to happen. But if you're chronically stressed out, your body is constantly releasing these hormones, which can create a huge imbalance with the rest of your hormones over time. And so we start to see a lot of things like estrogen dominance happening in people and not just in women, like it happens in men too. And what happens is there's too much of the female sex hormone estrogen floating around in your bloodstream. And the interesting thing about this is one of the main causes of this is our diets, what we're eating. We're eating so much refined crap that it's messing up our hormones. And estrogen and progesterone, they need to work in balance um, if they're going to be functioning efficiently. And so when you end up with too much estrogen and the balance is out of whack, That, my friend, just causes a whole boatload of problems. You can have bloating, acne, midsection weight gain. I could pretty much just, like, draw a list of, like, all the things that can happen because of this. And what drives me mental is I've had clients come to me who've seen other practitioners, and those practitioners are like, oh, yeah, you're in adrenal fatigue. Here, take this supplement that'll help you with stress. But they're not addressing the underlying cause, which is your digestive system. And it actually makes me want to scream. It's like, oh, great. So they've got you on this supplement to help you with stress. Are they helping to deal with your digestive issues, which are the cause of everything? And they're like, well, no. Okay. (laughs) Like there tends to be this mask. People don't want to deal with the underlying problem. Even depression, like what people don't realize, 90% of the serotonin, which is like our happy juice, is produced in our gut. So if you don't have proper healthy gut flora, and if you don't have an optimally functioning system, you're not able to make the serotonin you need. And without that, that's when we run into things like mood disorders and anxiety and depression, like everything is connected. I was, like I said, I'm like a science experiment for myself. When I started to realize all of the connections to things, my mind was blown. Even, and I talk about this on my About Me page too, like taking birth control for so many years. Birth control obviously adds estrogen into your body, but what it also does is zap your body of some other important nutrients that you need, like B12 and magnesium. It actually can cause hypothyroidism, which interestingly, I have. So hormones are, like I said, they they control our body, right? And Yes, the whole adrenal thing, yes, your adrenal system can get tired, but you know what else? Your liver can get tired, and that can cause adrenal problems, and your liver gets tired when your digestive system is not working, and so when I have people who come to me, and they're like, yeah, I maybe poop like two or three times a week. I'm like, what? (laughs) If if your liver, if you don't love your liver, (laughs) it's not going to love you back. Your liver has to be functioning in order to keep all of your other organs healthy, in order to keep all of your hormones working and being produced like they should be. So it's a big circular kind of thing. It's not a one a one stop shop. 
Yeah, it's interesting how much our bodies respond so well to lifestyle change and just eating relatively okay. <laughs> like, mm, yeah, it's crazy. And even just by having a gut lining that's intact can make such a big difference. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I, was, I think it was Ali Gilbert that I was interviewing, and she primarily works with a lot of uh, men. And a lot of times these guys come to her because she's able to like send them for labs and kind of read their reports and see what their testosterone levels are at. And almost every guy that, you know, applies to be her client, they're like, I want to be on testosterone replacement therapy. And she's like, okay, well, let's kind of look at what your life's like. Oh, you Mm -hmm. get four hours of sleep. Oh, you don't eat breakfast. Oh, you don't eat enough protein and you don't exercise. Well, let's let's start with those things before we even go there. And she said, most of the time, if you just change those lifestyle habits, their testosterone levels will be through the roof and they're going to be leaned out strong and their sex drive is going to be like crazy. So let's start with the simple stuff first. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when I start rebalancing people, one of the things I hear a lot is, oh my God, my, I'm horny all the time. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> but if people could just realize that to take care of their adrenal system, to take care of their digestive system, to take care of their liver, to take care of everything in their body, manage your stress, drink enough water. People don't drink water. We're made up of like, what, 75% water? Don't you think you need to replace that with water? Eat lots of leafy green veggies. So like you're getting prebiotics in there. Eat liver loving foods. Eat some beets. <laughs> like, yeah. I go on and on and on and on and just talk about foods you could eat just to make your liver happy. But it's even more than food. You have to also look at what you're putting on your body because our skin is our biggest organ of elimination, right? So you have to think okay, if stuff comes out of my skin, then stuff that I put on it must be getting absorbed. So the lotions you're using, the shampoos you're using, Uh, If you're near cigarette smoke, different cleaning products, like all of those things can be hormone disrupting. And so I've literally, and I'm not perfect, I still use some chemical stuff, but I don't use store-bought lotions anymore. I developed a line of essential oil products because I didn't want to use unnatural things. And ironically, it's called F in essentials because I drop F-bombs a lot, but... (laughs) I just have started to look at the things, even deodorant. Oh, God. If you look at what's in deodorants, most of them have aluminum. Like, that is cancer-causing. Like, it's... And we're putting it in our armpits. Yeah, I think there is a company called Pit Paste online. And that's a natural, like, deodorant that you could use. And I know one person that uses it, and they're like, yeah, I'm never going to go back. And I'm like, I should totally get onto that. There's pit paste, and I love one right now. It's called Piper Piper Way. It's W-A-I. It's amazing, too. It's all natural. But, like, the other thing, too, is people go, oh, well, I tried natural deodorant, and I smelled really bad. Yeah, because you need to detox your armpits. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you smell bad because stuff is coming out of you. And it's just it's it, funny. It, it's, so the stuff that we use every day that you don't even think about. And I remember maybe it was last year or two years ago where I think the states banned the microbeads out of toothpaste. Yeah. Because it was like killing fish. And I'm like, hang on, it's killing fish. But what about us? Like, I'm pretty sure you swallow a little bit and you're brushing your teeth yeah. without knowing. I'm like, what's happening on their insides with those microbeads? And it was like in like every major like toothpaste brand out there until they banned it. Yeah, and even things like replacing plastic containers with glass. I remember yeah. I used to eat everything up in plastic containers. And I remember one day looking at one of my plastic containers and going, man, that looks like it melted. Oh, well, put it in the microwave. Like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Pay attention to what's going in you and on you. <laughs> yeah, the other one I heard, I can't remember who said this, but, like, I think Starbucks, all their cups are, like, recycled, blah, blah, blah. They're trying to, like, save the planet. But the one thing someone said is that when you put the cap on, that cap is still plastic. And then you have your hot coffee going through that little hole and it's probably melting some stuff off going into you. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been doing this for so long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you don't you just don't think about it. Right. And at the same time, too, like nobody's ever going to be perfect. And I'm 
I dye my hair, like full disclosure here. And I, I have, um, a stylist who uses a more natural dye, but still, it's still a chemical. (laughs) Like I'm, there's certain things I'm just always going to do, but I also know that if I'm consistently doing good things for the most part, then I'm going to be okay doing some bad things once in a while. It's just like when you're on a program and somebody says, oh, well, do I have to stop drinking? Depends. Like, do you want to heal your body? Then, yeah, you need to maybe stop drinking for a short period of time. I'm not telling you you have to stop drinking forever. I'm saying if you have a specific goal or your body is really out of whack, then, yeah, you may have to give up some things temporarily. But the whole point of bringing you back into balance and getting your digestive system working optimally is so that on those times when you do want to have some wine or you do want to have a piece of cake or a piece of chocolate or whatever, your body doesn't react when you eat it because you're in balance. And I think like your gut is, I think a lot of people say, say this, it's like your second brain and it's going to give you so much information if you just listen to it once in a while, like you eat a certain food and you don't feel good after it. Maybe you don't eat that food. Like it's all pieces to the puzzle to figure out what's going on. Your gut absolutely is your second brain. And the, not only is serotonin produced down there, but like when we have too much bad bacterial overgrowth, which most of us do, because nobody really eats enough probiotic foods and prebiotic foods. When you have too much overgrowth, that prevents the GABA receptors in the brain from being put to good use. And a decrease in GABA receptors has also been associated with things like mood disorders and depression and anxiety. So it's really, like I said, we're an ecosystem. Everything works together. And I never like to look at it and just go, oh, your adrenals are out of whack or, oh, your liver is angry or, oh, your kidneys are pissed off. If one thing is out of whack, it's because everything is out of whack. Like digestion is a north to south process. It, it's like a, a chain reaction. If one thing is not working, something up the line is not working. And you have to address everything. And well, that's, that's like just so important. <laughs> yeah. What, what would be like the one th- simple things people could do to improve their gut health? Like today, if they had to change something. Today? Today, yeah. <laughs> Eat lots of leafy green vegetables, first of all. Drink filtered water. Eat liver-loving foods. Eat foods that are high in glutathione, like garlic, um, onions, cabbage, leafy greens, cruciferous veggies. Get up in the morning and drink some water with lemon in it, like room temperature. Uh, I'm a big fan of taking probiotics. I think that people just generally can't get enough of them for food. And the challenge is, and this goes with most nutrients, even if we were getting enough nutrients from the food that we were eating, our bodies are so fucking stressed out (laughs) that we're not absorbing them. So we need some help sometimes. (laughs) So for me, I take a probiotic every day. I also just leafy greens, man, because the leafy greens are the prebiotic. So if you think about probiotics are like Pac-Man and the leafy greens are like the prebiotics or the fiber, the probiotics have to eat the prebiotics. And that's where people get confused. So I have a lot of people that are like, yeah, I take probiotics. I'm like, okay, do you eat a lot of high fibrous foods? And they're like, no. Okay. (laughs) Well, you need the fiber to help grow the good gut bacteria. And what people also don't realize, if you're overweight and you've been struggling to lose that weight, that is a clear indication that your microbiome is not your friend in your body right now. And it's angry and it's bad and you need to fix that. Anybody who's carrying around extra weight has bacteria issues. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> that was a lot of great information. It's already a freaking hour. Um, <laughs> I think we might have to get you on the show again to do like a part two. Oh my gosh. I'd love to Honestly, do that. Yeah. Um, so like, let's go last question and leave it off here. Um, Tell the audience where they can find you online. If you have any projects coming up or anything like that, just plug away. 
Uh, everybody can find me at my website, which is brendajohnstonhealth.com. I'm also on Instagram. All my social links are on the top of the website. If you go to the website, there's a freebie up there right now. It's called a cleanse to some people. I hate that word, but it's really just a de-stress kind of ebook. There's a lot of amazing recipes in there. There's a little quiz that you can take in the book to see how kind of toxic and out of whack your body is. <laughs> and I do have some amazing projects coming up. I'm actually going to be doing some collaborating with somebody you've interviewed, oh. Naomi Teeter. Nice. We're going to be putting together some free webinar training for the fall. So I've always got things on the go. Just if you check me out on the website, which is brendajohnsonhealth.com, and just follow me on social media, you'll always know what I'm up to. <laughs> Perfect. I just want to thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Thanks. I had so much fun. I hope I didn't ramble and babble too much. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 54 with Brenda. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. And I'm going to say it again and over and over and over. You please share this podcast to help me reach more people. And if you guys are heading out to the Perform Better at Long Beach Summit. I will be there. It would be awesome to meet some of my listeners. You know, I will be wearing the Cut the Shit, Get Fit t-shirt. Just look for me, long hair, tattoos, and I'd be happy to chat with you. And again, the Transformation Challenge is going to start on September 11th. So keep your eye out for the official registration link. And we'll see you guys next week.